You're listening to the Your Knee, Your Health podcast. I'm your host, Adam Rosen. I'm a fellowship-trained, board-certified orthopedic surgeon who specializes in knee replacement. Here I'll talk to you about common knee complaints and other orthopedic issues. We'll cover other important health-related topics, all of which are meant to helpfully answer some of your questions and help improve the quality of your life. Thanks for listening, and on with the next episode. Hello and welcome back to the Your Knee, Your Health podcast. I'm Adam Rosen. In today's episode, I want to talk to you about a question that comes up very commonly in the office, and that's always, what is the best implant? You know, patients always want to know how to get the best total knee, and like, what is the best implant for them? You know, they think they're young, they need to have a long-lasting implant, or they play golf, or they play tennis. You know, they want the implant that they think is best for them. To make it short, uh, the simple answer is there isn't one. You know, obviously, if there was a best total knee implant, everybody in the world would be using the same total knee and everybody would be getting the same implant. And maybe even if we knew, like, what is the best implant for golf? Maybe, you know, what what if you're right-handed or left-handed when you hit the club? Um, but there isn't. Um, and that's kind of the reality. So don't go searching for the best total knee. Now, it may be a a simpler thing to say, well, what's the worst total knee? And that's where registries come in handy. You know, America has actually been slow to the race of getting a registry in place. You know, we've had a lot of institutions that had individual databases where they would collect information on implants. Um, And just recently, you know, in the history of implants, we're talking in the last couple of years, have we developed an American joint registry? And Not every doctor in every hospital in America participates in this, but a lot do. There's over a million implants um, that are in this database now. But other countries have had databases for a long period of time. And what they have been able to do is actually find out early when implants start to fail. You know, because if I put an implant in and patients move or they have a problem and they see somebody else and that person fixes that implant... I never know that there's a problem because I never see the patient back. So if you're in another country and you have an implant placed at hospital A, but then you move or travel to hospital B, that information gets put into the database. So at least the country knows that, hey, there's an issue with this implant because people, you know, they always want new. That's another thing that I see patients come in the office. You know, I don't want an old implant. I want a new implant. Well, new is not always improved. It's not new and improved until it's been tried and true. Because you see this all the time, you know, new implant comes out and then unfortunately, two years, five years down the road, there's a high failure rate, higher than the failure rate of the implants that have been around for 15 or 20 years. Because we don't really know what the 20 year survivorship of the knee will be until we get to 20 years. Um, So it's really important to not always rush into the latest and greatest thing that's on the market because it may not always be the best thing for you. And the next thing I always tell patients is, you know, don't make the surgeon use a particular implant because you should ask your surgeon, you know, what do they use and what do they feel works well for them? You know, because they're the expert. They're the ones that are doing this all the time. You know, you'll have some surgeons that only use one implant because either that's what they were trained with or that's what they're comfortable with or that's what they feel they have good results with. Or sometimes that's the contract that the hospital has and that's all that they can use. 
So if you then tell the patient, well, my friend, you know, had this knee implant and I want that one, you know, we can all do it. To be honest with you, a lot of the implant companies, they're very, very similar. Um, but there are slight and subtle nuances and differences with the instrumentation and the balancing. So if you have a surgeon that is very comfortable with company A, and then you force them into using company B, it may not work out as well as you had hoped because they're essentially learning on your knee. Um, You know, you have other surgeons that use lots of different implants. Um, So they might be really comfortable with using any number of implants if you have some particular reason for that implant. So for me, you know, I have an implant that I've been using almost 15 years now. You know, I've put thousands and thousands of that knee in. In my hands, that knee works very well, and I have very good success with that implant. So that, for the most part, has always been my go-to. But I do use lots of other implants. Why? Well, you know, one, I do a lot of revisions. So I always want to be comfortable um, with all of the different knee companies and systems because if somebody comes to me with a problem and they need a revision of that knee, Um, It shouldn't be the first time that I'm using that system. And when I trained, you know, I used lots of implant companies. So I kept up my skills with each of those companies to make sure that I didn't lose all those little tips and tricks that I've learned. Because if I meet somebody and let's say they have a knee done on one side, but now they're coming to me for their second side and they love the knee that they have on the right side, but I have to do the left one and they really want me to use the same implant. You know, they want the same implant that they've had good success. That's completely fine with me because I'm comfortable using those implants. Um, Because, you know, the mind's a funny thing that if you love the knee on the right and the doctor is going to put a knee in on the left and they have a different implant company that they use and it just doesn't feel right to you or it doesn't feel the same or maybe it's a little stiffer maybe it's a little looser maybe a little bit more swollen your mind and you are always going to you know figure it it's because it's not the same you know and the data doesn't show that you know when we look at the data which looks at the range of motion and the pain scores and the longevity of all the major players that are on the market there is not a study out there that is the gold standard study that says that this is the best implant and this is the worst implant. You know, every company has their data which shows survivorship at five years and 10 years and 15 years and 20 years, you know, and the society scores that we look for in range of motion. But statistically, there isn't one that is way better than the rest of them. And a lot of studies have been done when you even look at one surgeon and you look at one surgeon with different implants and all the outcomes are essentially the same. But again, you know, our mind is funny. It tends to fixate on things. So I have this discussion with patients, you know, if they have a knee on one side and they love it, I am more than comfortable in matching that and putting the same implant on the other side. And the same thing, I have patients that say, yeah, you know, I had this D done a couple of years ago, but just, you know, it just, it just doesn't work great. And, you know, do you have another implant? You know, is there maybe another system works better for me? And I said, yeah, there's another system. We can use it. You know, I can't guarantee that it's going to be any different, but, you know, I can put a different knee in. And sometimes people just feel better that they had sort of company A on, you know, one side that just for them wasn't a great outcome. It was good. And now they have company B on the other side. Um, So that's kind of a really important thing. And, you know, it comes down to, you know, 
when patients ask, well, you know, why do you use, you know, this particular one more often than the others? And again, there are some scientific reasons on, you know, certain things that I like about the implant that I use. Um, but I always tell people, you know, if you have a license and you can drive a car and you go on vacation, you can rent any car off the lot. You can get behind the wheel of the car. You can get to where you need to go. So most surgeons in the world could walk into an operating room and take any knee system and perform a total knee. You know, the the cut, the jigs, you know, they're all pretty much similar, if not in a lot of ways, identical and interchangeable. There are some subtle nuances between the angles of certain cuts and the way that the balancing feels and kind of a minor few steps. But, you know, for the most part, it's all the same. So you can kind of get through it. But if you know a system well, you just move a little bit more efficiently. So the anesthesia is a little bit shorter. And you may understand the balancing, the subtleties of the feel of the knee um, and how to make minor, minor changes just to get this thing to drive straight. And that's kind of like the car where, you know, your car, you just kind of know the brakes and you know where the controls are and you know the seat position and you know the mirror position. And you're just a lot more comfortable getting from point A to point B in your car where you could do it in any other car but the seat's a little different. The controls are a little different. The brakes and the accelerator are a little touchy. Um, and that's sort of like the art of the, of the total knee is that, you know, you can kind of just do one very cleanly and efficient, efficiently if you're used to it and you've done hundreds and thousands of this particular implant, you know, where if you have something different in front of you, it's still going to turn out okay, but, you know, you may have a little bumpy um, starting and stopping throughout the case. Um, now, you know, when it comes to, you know, different implants, you know, cause people have questions, you know, years ago, um, there was a big, you know, direct to consumer marketing of the, you know, the, this knee that the only knee on the market that bends and rotates, what's called a rotating platform. And, you know, if you think about it, your knee bends and straightens, it doesn't really rotate, you know, it pivots and all knee implants on the market can pivot, um, but, you know, the rotating platform is one of those things that was sort of marketed to patients and patients not really understanding what that is, wanted that, you know, for a while. And then um, there was the gender knee that came out, you know, as a male and female. And, you know, all patients wanted that because I want to, I want the, you know, the knee that's made for my gender. And, you know, what's interesting is actually when you talk to um, designers that it was kind of a weird decision to call it a male and female knee because, you know, if you had a female and the major difference was the width. Um, if you had a female who happened to have large or wide bones and you put a male knee implant in her, um, patients are always curious, you know, well, well, did I get the female knee? No, no, you got the male knee because, you know, you got good, strong, healthy bones. Um, it was a really awkward decision or discussion rather if, you know, you had a male and, you know, oh yeah, I got to get a male knee. Oh no, you know, you, you got a female knee just because your, your bones, it was a little narrower. Um, and it was just kind of an awkward you know, discussion, you know, telling a guy when they ask the question that, yeah, they got a, a woman's knee. Um, so that really wasn't a great way of doing it. A lot of companies, you know, have come out with what they just consider, um, you know, their, their standard knee and a, what's called a narrow, um, or some companies have designed it based on studies of CAT scans to, you know, basically anatomically control the the width for the smaller sizes which are a little bit more narrow because more commonly smaller sizes are in women 
and the larger sizes, which are a little wider because the larger sizes are typically more in men. Um, but as the years have progressed, they've definitely become a lot more anatomic, a lot more contoured, a lot less boxy. Um, but there's other implants that are out there that talk about, you know, customizable or, you know, really you can customize the thickness and this and that and different things. And, um, the reality of it comes down to, and this is, you know, the good and the bad is that we really don't have a 100% complete understanding of why some people have total knees that hurt or bother them or don't feel great. And that's, you know, I've talked about this before in other ones, a knee replacement is a great operation, but it's not perfect. It doesn't give you a normal knee. It gives you better than a bad arthritic knee. And the confusion for us is we look at numbers, right? We look at computers and we look at CAT scans and x-rays and we have certain measuring devices with navigation and robot and we can, you know, align things nowadays within a millimeter, half a millimeter, a degree, a half a degree. And we have these, these numbers that we aim for. But what we don't really understand is why when the numbers are perfect, some of those people still hurt. You know, and you have knees that don't look always perfect on x-ray, but those knees and those people feel great. You know, so why does a tight knee in this person, you know, they love it and the tight knee in the next person, it feels too tight and painful, you know, and vice versa. You have a loose knee in this person that they hate, um, but the loose knee in the next person feels great, you know. So that's what I've always believed that there is an art um, to the balancing that, you know, if you have somebody who naturally is loose jointed, um, not that we leave a knee loose, but you want to try to match the person's soft tissue tension to their body type. Um, and if you put that in too tight for that person, that's not normal. And if you have someone that's very tight jointed, um, and you leave that person loose, more typically that person's going to have pain or symptoms, but we don't have an implant that is made specifically for that person. You know, we may one day very, very possibly be able to identify, you know, a, a specific cut or angle or implant size or style, but at the current point in time, you know, we don't have the best. And that's kind of what I led with is that if you're looking for the best implant in the world for you and your activity and your age, it doesn't exist. Um, so you want to find a surgeon that is a high volume surgeon, um, someone that you trust, someone that you can have a good rapport with, um, and a staff, again, like I've talked about this before um, in the episode on how to pick a surgeon. You want to make sure that you can have open lines of communication. So if there's questions and if, and if there's problems that you're able to get in contact with their staff, with their PA, with their nurse, with the doctor, so you can make sure that throughout the process before, during, and after surgery, if things arise, that you can have them addressed. Um, but, you know, have an open discussion with them. And if the doctor that you choose has an implant system that they believe in and that they're comfortable, then that is the best implant for you with that doctor taking care of you and try not to, you know, stipulate what you think is the best implant because we don't know. Um, and that's really the honest truth. So I hope this has answered the question again, that I get asked lots and lots and lots of times as to, you know, what implant are we going to use because they want the best? Um, there isn't one, but you want to find a good surgeon and you want to do your best with physical therapy. And that is what's going to give you the best total knee at the end of the day. 
So thanks for listening. I'm Adam Rosen. You've been listening to the Your Knee, Your Health podcast. Um, If you've enjoyed what you've heard, uh, please refer a friend, um, leave a comment, um, send the link off to a friend that you think would benefit from this information. And then until next time, stay safe. You've been listening to the Your Knee, Your Health podcast. Thanks for listening to the Your Knee, Your Health podcast. If you've not already done so, please subscribe so you'll be notified of future episodes. And if you enjoy what you're hearing, please take the time to leave a review. It helps other people like you find the show. I'm your host, Adam Rosen, and until next time, stay safe.